Avengers, assemble. In the wake of Endgame, some were lost, others regained. They're good. What happens next? Stay tuned, true believers, as we try to find out. Peter Melnick. Graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator, and I'm Eddie Wilson. Upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills, with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. Ready? It's time for a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick, and back on assignment from Krakoa, the island that walks like a man. He I'm... is Eddie Wilson. Yes, I am. Thank you. Krakoa this. And how was Krakoa, by the way, Eddie? Explosive. Wouldn't recommend going back anytime soon. And there were just oh so many jar- charts and cra- graphs and all that stuff. You, know? uh, you don't know what Jonathan you can bring back. Can... You don't want to do that. Exactly. But... Before we introduce our special guest co-host on this special quarantine edition of the Marvelous Marvel Universe podcast. Being recorded on St. Patrick's Day of all things. Exactly. I don't know what kind of joke I can make with that, but... It's green. Good enough. With Envy and Hulk and Smash and yada yada yada. How can people get a hold of us on social media, Eddie? Tell them, please. Well, first off, go on the Twitter machine at... The Marvelists. Also on the Instagram machine at The Marvelists. And Facebook.com slash The Marvelists. Oh my God, it's a repetition. It's beautiful, isn't it? You can also find myself on Facebook at Peter Melnick Podcaster and on the Twitter and Instagram machine at Peter Melnick. And Eddie, there's only one place in the whole wide world that we can be able to find you on the interwebs, and that is Instagram at Eddie9193. I've been pointing to nobody this entire time. This is cabin fever at its highest point right now, but... We're trying to make it happen. Oh, man, I I need some uh, orange juice for the potential scurvy. Who knows what could happen? But we are joined on this episode today with a very honorable co-host. He is one half of an honorable mention. He is Shane Hagedorn. Shane, good afternoon. It's finally happening. (laughs) <laughs> Finally, we've, like 15 years. We've only been trying to arrange this uh, for for quite a while, and it takes a quarantine to make it happen. It takes a global thing to, a pan- yeah. Mm-hmm. A pandemic? That's it. Unreal. So, yeah. Yes, yes. I'm glad, but I'm glad, despite circumstances, that I was finally able to make this happen. It's, it's been magical so far, hasn't it? Yes. All the reading, all the watching. Absolutely. All of the uh, the ABC Mouse and Raz Kids I have been doing with my six-year-old for the last several days. Oh. He's enjoying it. Right now he is building Lego spaceships. And when he's I done, he'll ask, let you know. Yeah. Shane, i got to ask. Your son's first name is Nathan. Is that coming from what I think it's coming from? <laughs> Absolutely. Coney Island I hot dogs. It. That's it. Okay, hold on. His name isn't just Nathan. His name is Nathan Christopher. Oh. Aksani-san, Hachu, Gesundheit. Yes. Summers. So, the, the, my wife and I, even before we found out we were having a child, we had agreed that we both liked the name Nathan for a child. And so, once we got pregnant, found out we were having a boy. 
like, awesome, we're going to have a Nathan. And I suggested Christopher for the middle name um, because here's a big secret. That's my real first name. Uh, K-Fabe, K-Fabe. So we go to meet my friend Kyle Davis of the NWA fame, formerly Kyle Durden of Ring of Honor and HDNet fame. And he was the first person uh, to know we were having a boy. Uh, he asked if we had any names picked out. I said, yes, Nathan Christopher. And he just started laughing hysterically. And my wife is just sitting there looking at me going, what? What's so funny? <laughs> He's like, you didn't tell her? I'm like, shut up. She's like, now you have to tell me. So then I had to confess where Nathan Christopher as a name came from. And then she still let me have it. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, a, he even has a cable. He has a cable Funko Pop sitting in his bedroom. And for his first birthday, one of our friends gave him a signed Claremont signed copy of uh, Uncanny X Men Two Hundred One for his first birthday present. I hope yeah, it's in a good place. It is in a good place. Protected. Very protected. Yes. And here he is now. And here he is now coming to say hi. We have another guest co-host in this episode. Another guest co-host, exactly. But that is the, that, that is the, the comic book origins of my son. My, uh, friend <laughs> Going back to playing with his Legos. Okay. My friend John Stahl, his son's name is Oliver, which stems from Oliver Queen because him and his wife, Emily, are massive fans of the show Arrow. Oh, and so, his wife's name is Emily? Yeah. <laughs> that has a whole other layer of amusing to it. Wow. Well, thanks but, for playing the name game, guys. Now let's go on with the show. <laughs> and I was named after Peter Tork, uh, which I cannot make up. Well, okay then. Now, Eddie, y- your name, I've heard that name before. Yeah, that's good. That Eddie Wilson. Yes. Eddie Brock? Eddie Brock. <laughs> Eddie and the Cruisers. Somebody pointed out to me once that it's an Eddie and a Peter doing The Marvelous. I nearly died. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never thought of that before. There's there's a uh, Photoshop from Frank from, uh, uh, I think, something productive, but they're the guys that do the uh, podcast, the SNL Nerds, and it's a Photoshop of Eddie as Eddie Brock holding my skull on that er- legendary Eric Larson cover. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I, honestly, I think the day I realized that, I just I was with Eddie, and I go, wait a minute, your name is Eddie? I'm Peter. And you just see me slowly look up like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's the, the dawn <laughs> and, of realization came upon us. And now that's, I have glasses, so I can actually do that dramatic, oh, my God. That's awesome. Which, by the way, I just did for the uh, non-seeing audience. Oh, that's so. good. Next up, Peter will do the you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses look. Oh, hold on. <laughs> no. um, but yeah, so with everything going on, there's a lot of things going on in the world. And of course, in the Mary Marvel manner, of course, some stuff has to happen with Marvel. We don't really know what's going on per se in regards to the comics, in regards to production and getting them out. Some shops are going to start eventually closing, probably. I think one for thing example, is for sure, though, is everything is delayed. Yes. And the big one, so 
Newton's, I swear to God, will never see a release date. (laughs) (laughs) Because Uh. as of right now, its April release has been postponed indefinitely. No date has been given. Along with other movies, such as, I believe, Disney's Antlers. There is another movie. uh, What's it called? Um, Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, Mulan. That got delayed. And as of this recording on 317 post Stone Cold Steve Austin Day, there is a delay on Black Widow. Yes. And again, wow. delayed indefinitely, which I have a weird feeling Kevin Feige is doing his damnedest right now to try and find a way to get a cure for this because this really, really put a monkey wrench in his plans for everything. And yeah. well, it's a shame, but to be honest, people first, you know, health and safety first. Yeah, unfortunate circumstances happened here. And what, if you recall, Peter, was the prior New Mutants release date, time frame? Well, Eddie, the very more recent. The original reason when it was supposed to come out and why it got delayed was it was supposed to come out in 2018, but they didn't want it to be so close to Deadpool 2. Right. I'm just looking for the short answer. Before April of this year, what was the last date we were told? I was told 2018, I believe. And nothing new until this April. Oh, then there was August 2019. Okay. And then they postponed it to April, and now, well, you know. Yeah, I was just going to say, let's give it six months. Let's figure October of this year, and then we may have to say goodbye. If it doesn't come out in October, that's a boneheaded decision, because that would be Ah. perfect then. Halloween time, yes. Hello. And yeah, okay, this, yeah. was, this was filmed in what, 2017? So, like, yes, Missy uh, Williams was, I don't know, like season five of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. They, everybody looks so young in that trailer now. And it, it's absolutely wild. Like, a lot of people, you know, when the movie was originally announced, everyone was going on thinking, what a stupid idea. But as someone who's read The New Mutants, both of you guys, doing it in a horror movie is perfect. Oh, absolutely. I've actually got my stack of New Mutants sitting right here as like a read-through I want to go to do again. I'm going to do that with the current run. That is up to, what, issue 9 or 10 now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which the cover for this most recent issue is actually very Sienkiewicz-like. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Now, Eddie, have you been reading much of the Jonathan Hickman stuff in general, like House of X and Powers of X? Nope, nope, have not. Well, you're going to need a chart for that. We're going to need, I'm sure, a graph and some protractors and other things. Like, yeah. Now, there's there, a little further down the line, down the episode, because we did get some reaction and comment to to talk about some other X stuff that yeah, I can just add to the titles. The yeah. I, I actually have all the translation cards sitting here on my desk. <laughs> I, I got them, too. Those are you so do? cool. <laughs> I need to actually use them when I'm reading, though. Now I have no idea what's all, going on. Yeah. Oh, the, I love Hickman stuff, but again, Homer Simpson watching Twin Peaks. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Don't. Like it, you can it all makes sense in the end. I feel so dumb, but I've reread that House of X number one so many times, and like there's moments where I'm like, I get it. Reread again. What the hell is going on? Or. Yeah, good enough. I'm through. Animal by animal. But I, 
I'm definitely in the what the hell is going on uh, half the time. And one of the things with all of what's going on in the world, you know, comics really can't get delayed. Like, prints can. But digitally, books can still keep going. And that's why, like, as a diehard Marvel Unlimited, Comicsology Unlimited, and, of course, as regular Comicsology fans, I don't get to miss out on a lot of this stuff. But the people that go straight up print, I feel bad for them because shops might be closing soon. Like some places, you know, other retail places like Hot Topic recently, they just closed and they're going to be reopening the 31st, I believe, or May or April 1st. Right, like uh, others that are going on across the country and beyond, sure. Yeah. And, and I, I, am a, I am a print reader myself. There you go, Shane. Thank you. I do it all. <laughs> and that's all no. I can say about that is there's one element which I do which is frowned upon and I do that one as well. Earth, but, fire, wind, air, water. What element? Piracy. <laughs> there you go. I totally don't do that and I would just like to state for the record that I joke about this and yeah, joke asada do not strike me down. Yeah. I always end up with such a back catalog of things to be read that I just stopped. Uh, yeah, I'm in the because I, I feel like I'm in such a mass quantity of things that were going unread that I was just like, I'll never catch up, and now they're just taking up space on my computer. Oh, okay. I have such a similarity with you there, Jane. Not with yeah, the computer, I, though. I'm guilty of it, but I won't start a new series, but I will reread stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm currently going through my X Men reread, and I'm currently re- like restarting Spider Man. And I'm going all the way back to uh, Amazing Fantasy number 15 and going onward there. Well, for wow. me, the, the the reread stuff is going to be with the True Believers things that have been coming out. And, and I've got such a collection of that. I'm like, w- wait, what happened here? Facsimiles are where it's at because, man, oh, man, are those things amazing. Mm-hmm. I have not I looked actually, at any of them yet. The facsimiles? The True Believers. Yeah, the True Believers ones. Well, True Believers are just regular reprints that have ads for, like, the events of why this issue is getting reprinted. So, like, you know, there'll be, uh, let's say, Guardians of the Galaxy is going to start a new number one or something. And it'll be all key issues related to the Guardians of the Galaxy. And then interspliced between pages are, coming soon, Annihilation 3, Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) Or, you know, like, all this weird stuff. But it's a reprint. And then the facsimile edition, which... I'm a hardcore fan of. I love the fact, hey, I can own Batman 251. And it's, you know, got the original ad. It's got this. Even the same kind of paper. That's what, like, flips my lid about this. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, Marvel, I love Marvel for the facsimile edition, but I do wish they had the same exact paper stock. Hmm. Trying to think, because I have these old... They were the silver-covered versions of X-Men number one and giant-size X-Men number one that they put out yeah, those, you know, in the in the mid-90s when X-Men and X-Force first started. You mean like the those, silver bordering? or Yes. Yeah, yes. the Masterworks. Masterworks, or, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, yes, yeah, the, the reprint editions of those. Now I'm trying to remember if those the paper stock on those was old. They or, were it, glossy. Glossy, yeah. Yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the funniest thing about some of those is those go for a lot of money too now. They, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? They yeah. have value. Like sure. Certain ones. Wow. Like just because something's a reprint doesn't mean you know it'll still be like you know poo poo that. Like 
I there's a reprint, Monsters Unleashed or something, from the 1970s that reprints the first appearance of Groot. And that alone goes for like two to $300. Whereas the first appearance of Groot from I think Tales to Astonish number 16, which if I if I got that right, holy shit. But uh, language. Yeah. But the idea of that, how much that one goes for, yeah. Now would be right a right good out. time for people to go through their books. They have plenty of time on their hands to go through their books and they might have that hidden gem in there that's worth money and they're not even aware. Very possible, it's, yeah. It's insane some of the books that, you know, also will just go up in value because of everything going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, again, going back over the topic of everything going on with Black Widow getting delayed, some companies right now, some film studios are going through and doing something that a lot of people have wanted to see because... With everything going on, a lot of movie theaters are closing. The AMC chain, for example, is supposedly going to be closed for 6 to 12 weeks. Get and out. I'm home, Eddie. I'm not going to get out. Well, get out of home. <laughs> I mean, you know, live a little. <laughs> but the whole issue of that, we might be seeing something that a lot of people within the film industry have wanted to see, but we're nervous about, and that is home video rental. Universal Studios will be doing film rentals of The Invisible Man, Emma, Trolls World Tour, and other movies that I don't remember. And people are wondering, hey, what about other companies? And I'm of the opinion Disney should be doing rentals for these movies for the foreseeable future because they're going to be losing out on a lot of money. And that rental, they're saying like a $20 rental, which... That's how much, on average, a movie ticket is for most places now in 2020. Mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Do it as a two-day rental. You watch it, and it immediately expires within 48 hours. At least it doesn't disintegrate. Well, it, it digitally disintegrates. <sighs> Oof. Well, I hadn't heard about the, the theaters going that way, but I guess if things go in that direction more, then that will happen. The only thing I had heard was selling every other seat Spatial distancing in the moving to movie theaters. Yeah, I, well, I know. I have a, a friend who um, who is a management management level in AMC's, and yeah, he just recently shared something on Facebook. Essentially, I see see my friends in a few weeks for for that you know that that reason of all of the AMC theaters yeah. closing up shop. Yeah, and I I get it, but man just goes to show how all-encompassing this is. It's affecting, like, every form of entertainment and media. And it also affects a lot of other things. And our convention season is currently put on hold until, at the very least, end of June, early July, which, by the way, East Coast Comic Con at Meadowlands Expo Center has been moved from May to July 3rd through 5th. And in lovely Secaucus, New Jersey, right off some exit ramp. And what I'm really excited about with that is... Fireworks. Well, one of the days is the 4th of July. So we'll be, you know, hopefully if things go off without a hitch, we'll be seeing you guys in hazmat suits at East Coast Comic Con. And I'm kind of like, 
I'm bummed about it, but on the flip side, safety first. I don't want to see anybody get sick over funny books. Then there shouldn't be any hazmat needed. Fingers crossed. We make it to Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, absolutely. But one of the things that they said anything about San Diego yet, or New York, or New York. That's just so far, far out that yeah, we can't. uh, I mean, New York, we have October, so that's super. That's extremely far out. Yeah, and at this point in time, also Garden State Comic Fest last weekend in June is still happening. Still, Mm -hmm. still nothing doing there. And, you know, there was a uh, letter put out, um, Facebook post about them and their caring and concern and monitoring and everything like, just like other responsible organizations are doing. So sit tight and hope for the best. The one, though, that really bummed me out because it's so, it was so soon from now that now it's not obviously going to happen, but Big Apple Comic Con, which was going to be DC themed. Mm. And it was supposed to feature now publisher of DC Comics, Jim Lee. Yeah. So, again, there's that little selfish part where you're just like, man, I want to meet Jim Lee. I really wanted to see that guy. <laughs> but then you're also like, you dummy, people are at risk. So, yeah. I imagine that would have been a pretty big deal because I don't know if he would have been at Emerald City, but if not, that would have been one of his first like appearances since that massive change. And what is that massive change, Shane? You are referring to uh, to, to, uh, to the DC Comics dumping distinguished competition. There, are we supposed to talk about them here? I mean, we can. We can already has was allowed. There, wow. there. And Jim Lee taking over as as the the, as the publisher, the editor, whatever his title is. In, Possible death of five G and all of that in DC. There's so much going on over the distinguished competition that makes me nervous. And one of my favorite like BS headlines in recent memory was Marvel was going to buy DC, and I'm just like, stop. No, come on. Yeah. Like, I mean, eventually Disney will own everything, but not yet. Uh The mouse always wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But my 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 issue with all of this going on, see, I'm a casual DC fan. And what I mean by that is I wear polo shirts while I read them. No, oh, um, very cavalier. <laughs> but, <sighs> but just that whole issue of pun intended, the whole issue of Dan DiDio. I've met Dan DiDio and <laughs> I can't get, I can't, you know, badmouth Diamond Dan, but from what I've heard, some of the things that have been done over the years at the Distinguished Competition, I can understand. So, huh. that's my Dan DiDio impression. Wow. <laughs> I, have, I have a friend who does a Dan DiDio impression. I'm not going to name who the friend is, but they do a Dan DiDio impression where they pitch movies. We've uh, done Do the Right Thing. We've done... Um, uh, it was, New York Comic Con was pretty damn great for the Dan DiDio impressions. Let me just tell you that. That sounds amazing. I think we did Pulp Fiction. We did. I know we did a Tarantino movie in there. Ah. We did a, Oh, we did American Beauty. That was my favorite one. Oh, oh, rose Puddles. Oh, oh, quasi-pedophilia. Oh, oh. <laughs> so... See, I just have to go yeah. along with that. Just like with New Mutants that we talked about before, 
in the trailer. I have no clue. It doesn't phase me that they look so young because I haven't seen the other stuff they were in Game of Thrones or otherwise, so I'm good. Eddie Wilson, king of the Segway. Damn straight. <laughs> well done. I am a DJ. I am what I play. I applaud that, that Segway. It was epic. <laughs> See, yeah, I like going back to that. I really like the idea of what you, what you said about them putting those on the on-demand, the $20 a shot, as opposed to indefinitely delaying things. Especially New Mutants when it's already been so delayed. There was one thing recently. Would you pay more for Disney Plus if they added this to the service? Like Black Widow or, you know, whatever movies are going to be coming out. And I would. Mm. Sure, of course I would. But mm. I don't care enough. Like, I would just rather, you know, see it in the theaters or wait for this, you know, wait for this to blow over or pay a little extra on an independent service and do it that way. Well, I don't know. Like, they did do something, you know, they, they fast-tracked Frozen 2 being uploaded to Disney+. Plus. Mm. Um, for all and I had heard Rise of It went Skywalker up on Saturday night. Um, like, literally, it came out on DVD and Blu-ray, and then the following Saturday, it was up on Disney+, Plus, as opposed to any kind of massive delay between the two. As opposed to like Solo, for example, is not even up on Disney Plus yet. Yeah, because of the Netflix. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there is also that option of, of just fast tracking things to the upload um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as another option for these, you know, potentially extensive delays that everything's going to be facing for the short term. I'm excited to see what Disney can do, though with Disney Plus in these times because I'm a Disney shareholder and I kind of want to see now what they could really pull off with this because, yeah, their theme parks are closed, but there's a lot of people doing stuff, you know, the self-quarantine, the social distancing and whatnot, which is my favorite band of all time. But the idea of this, you know, with this going on, Disney stock should definitely go up because of people signing up for their services. It's got to happen. And that's the end of that story. Yeah, you like you have stories. Sure do. And Disney Plus is currently what's going on in my house right now with X Men: The Animated Series. What season are you up to, by the way? Um, this is season beginning of season three, where they went and changed the entire opening. All right. Oh God! And it's they they kind of slotted Jubilee into the Kitty Pride role from that uh, um, the, like fairy tale story that they did shortly after. Uh, oh, you're in season five. Like, Brood story arc. Is that did my son? Is that where it's at? Yeah. If it's Jubilee's fairy tale time or whatever, you're on season. Yeah. Five. Oh, somehow it got skipped ahead. But yeah, we were up on season three as far as our chronological watching. <laughs> Yeah. And actually, on the topic of X-Men TAS, they're actually coming out with an X-Men, the animated series art book. And it's going to be officially by Marvel and Disney. And I think it's Abrams Books. And involved with the project, friends of the show, Erica and Julia Leewald. Yeah, the TAS authors. I I have a pre-order for it right now. And it's one of those books that, first off, I love the cover. The cover is gorgeous looking. And... That's all we've seen of it so far. But this was the project that Eric and Julia had mentioned in the past they're working on. So 
fingers crossed, you know, we get some cool stuff down the line with this. It's amazing. Like I, and that's super exciting to hear. My, my thing is, I'm, since everything's going on, I'm also still watching X-Men the Animated Series for a secret, secret project that I'll be involved with, which I cannot say at this time when everything's officially announced. I will be saying it, but if you're friends with me on Facebook, you've seen some very subtle posting about it, which I cannot say at this time. <sighs> but let me just tell you, those panels in the comic books, I'm just, yeah, that was a really crappy segue of that. Or something at that. See but, that, Shane? You think he would learn from me in the segue thing, but no. I know. I'm like Paul Blard on a segue, Eddie. Uh, wow. Hell on two wheels. Small cop indeed. Yeah. Throw googly eyes on my poster. Mm. Wow. So I, I have to just randomly say this, but in a work email recently, I somebody text, or emailed about googly eyes with a little, you know, plastic googly eyes, and they called them wobbly eyes, and it made me feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even my kid notices the different opening. Oh, See? okay. Good learning. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're so. Uh, I'm sure you're so proud. I am actually I'm very proud. <laughs> now, in regards to a lot of other things, like I said, you know, one of the comments on our well, on my personal Facebook post for what would you like us to talk about on this episode? Patricio Rabio talked about how how we think cons and things like that are going to get affected. And there's one other thing that I have not brought up that I can almost guarantee is not going to happen in a physical format. And that is free comic book day. Yeah, that was another thing. Uh-huh. It got me, th- like, I've been thinking about that nonstop, and I'm just like, nothing's been said yet. And if that's the case, Comixology has a hell of a day for them, don't they? Yeah. You know I, what? I hadn't even thought of that either. <laughs> They, if that has to happen, and you know, I'm of the fifty-fifty that it could, or or maybe optimistically, it won't change. They won't move it off of May second. But if they do, the the word will get out, and this will be the 2020 comic book day date that will yeah. live in infamy, or something to that effect. And just for that one time, because I don't think we can't have it at all. It, it could be wait, delayed. But going to be involved. Say what? Winston Churchill's going to be involved? You just said a day that will live in information. <laughs> well, it wasn't Churchill, I don't believe. Hello? Uh, or not Ian, Ian Churchill. Sorry, Roosevelt. Oy, okay. Yeah. I was going for an Ian Churchill there. <laughs> his, his cousin? Um, what? I mean, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, Ian Churchill. I, want, I was so a big Ian Churchill in fan of those cable issues. Cable issues. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. But that whole, again, it bums me out. But again, safety first. I would rather see that than, oh, guys, guys, I got the new Stranger Things comic book for free. Uh, I, no. <laughs> well, wait, wasn't that last year? Oh, boy. So I got a story to tell you about that one. Okay. So last year I was at Free Comic Book Day at Jane Silent Bob's Secret Stash waiting for Kevin Smith to show up. And as we, myself and former guest host of the show, Rob Lucchese, uh, were standing outside of the stash for a few minutes, waiting for you know, the signing to start whenever we're killing time. 
and a guy walks past the police escort who's standing at the front of the store, and he has his hands up in the air, and he goes, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. And everyone's like in a panic, like, oh, oh no, what's going to happen? And the guy goes, I didn't do anything. The cop goes, sir, is everything okay? He's like, I didn't do anything. What's wrong, sir? They're all out of Stranger Stranger Things comic books. And we all just look like, all right. (laughs) Get get that man a Stranger Things comic. Quickly. (laughs) But lovely Red Bank, New Jersey. Be sure to visit it when everything's good. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. But uh, Do you want to go back to the comments? Yeah, so Patricia's comment was about cons and all of these events, and, and things a, will be all right. And another Hulk spotting if we're lucky. Well, we're not going to say where that Hulk spotting was, because <laughs> we want to still give our gr- big green boy a sense of privacy. Yeah. Could be another location. You just don't know. We didn't know the first time, at least. Yeah, well, I still love the people that think that we recorded that episode with the interview at, with Ruffalo at his house, which, no, no, it did not happen. Well, that's nice, to, that a, that's nice to hear, actually. <laughs> it was at a friend's former coffee shop. That's all we can say. Yeah, that's very good. Mm-hmm. But Thanks. in well, the meantime, one of the other topics, we'll get into the next topic, but... The reason we've been wanting to bring Shane on here for a long, long time is the fact that we want to talk to him about X-Men. And we're all X-Men fans on this show, myself especially. And Shane and I, we've you know, had long Facebook conversations. He's been waiting nonstop for me to get to the Outback era of the X-Men. Yes. And no, they did not go to the steakhouse, but they did go to Australia. They went down under. Yeah, Grimps on the Barbie and so forth. They and went. They went walkabout. Okay, yeah, you stop that. Now that's a knife. <laughs> I got a million of them. If you say Vegemite, so help me God. Do you come from a land down? Oh, Jesus. Men at work. We get it. Now who's doing the song titles? All right. Oh, who can it be now? Who can it be now? John's got to be doing an insert from right around oh, now. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. But since I'm currently up to, in my X-Men reread, I'm up to Inferno. Woo! Oh, that's a hot one. Yes, thank you. The legendary song by Carlos Santana featuring Rob Thomas off of the multi-platinum award-winning album Supernatural. Yes. Man, it's a hot one. Okay, I'm thinking smooth. Yeah, yeah, there's the opening line. That was. Right. Okay. Okay, got it. From the midday sun. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Inferno. Go ahead. What is this delved into? This is Dante's Inferno, just each level. But, uh, guys, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm in Inferno right now, not literally, in reading the story, and pretty damn good, better than I remembered. It's possibly my favorite. Ah, man, it's a, it's a tough, tough, tough decision. But Inferno might be my favorite of the X of the Claremont era crossovers. Okay. Why do you say that? Because it it's it's a thing. It's like Inferno, Extinction Agenda, 
they all and even for all the they all tie in all of these threads. And I guess that's the benefit of having the same writer for 512 years, yeah. and also initially writing three different books between New Mutants, X Factor, and Uncanny X Men at some point. Of being able to weave everything into one giant story, yeah. and Inferno brought together like the long-running story that had been the thing since X Factor started, with Cyclops bailing on his family for Jean Grey. And brought in, you know, the the X Men have been assumed dead, and now the world's starting to find out they're still alive. And then it brought in the whole Dark Child, Ileana Rasputin story, full circle that had been going on, you know, for a decade at that point, if not longer. Whenever uh, the Marvel time reckoning goes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, in real time, however long that story had been going on, so it takes all of these threads and ties them together, and then it being Marvel, of course, they got to have all these outlier stories of how it affects other stuff, mm. because it's going on in New York, so it's got to affect something. <laughs> but it just, with those three core books, uh, it just, it, man, it just, it was wonderful. Plus the Madeline Pryor story getting weaved into there, yeah. and how that affected everything, it's just, man, and Phoenix, too. And you get a payoff to the Phoenix arc. And then that would continue on an X Factor into the, the Judgment Day story arc that they would do when they went off into space. It's, I love Inferno. <laughs> I'm looking at the omnibus on my bookshelf right now. Oh, boy. I, I actually have, because I'm doing it digitally through Comicsology. I'm currently, I'm just reading the Inferno paperback. So I'm, the only ones I'm reading in mine are Uncanny, X Factor, New Mutants, and the Exterminators mini. Okay. Oh, yeah. and Exterminators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brett, Ble- Brett Blevins' art. If I remember correctly, is that Brett Blevins' art? Uh, no. No, uh, no Blevins John is on the Bob- core book. John Bogdanoff or something? John Bogdanoff. 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 Yes. That one, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it maybe it's there's also that fact that Inferno was my first. Like, I started reading right after Fall of the Mutants, like right at the beginning of the Ustered, the Outback story. Mm. Okay. So, you know, that might also play into my deep, deep love for Inferno. And you never really forget the big events that are surrounding when you get, like, fully into comics. You know, you yeah. just mentioned that for yourself. Myself, like, I got fully back into comics in 2011. That's when it went hardcore. And one moment, I got a cough. Uh, okay. My, I was going to say my first X-Men was issue 114, where they were right. presumed dead in, this, in the uh, Savage Land. Mmm, that's great stuff too. That, that, that had yeah, that's your classic X Men. That's that was with, a Burn Claremont thing too. It had it had yeah. uh, Professor X in the wheelchair, of course, with uh, Beast pushing and Phoenix behind behind yes. him, and the uh, and the facial silhouettes of the rest of them that weren't you know there, MIA or whatever. Yeah, yeah. you're getting me so excited, like even <laughs> thinking about these things because they're just like such fond, strong fond memories for those. Was, I read those. Through classic X Men, then you also had the yeah. you know the backup story vignettes that they did, which were awesome. I think at that time it was still only thirty five cents. Wow, I think I was more seventy five cent guy with <laughs> my first X Men book. <laughs> when yeah. I got into uh, comics in twenty eleven, the big event that was going on for me was uh, what's it called? Uh, Fear itself. So, is it the greatest mm. storyline ever? No, but. Um, those borders they would have for each 
fear itself related book are burned into my memory. Mm-hmm. And there was a uh, variant cover for one of the fear itself that I distinctly remember at the Oswego, New York comic shop. And it was the painted cover of the new Fantastic Four, which was Hulk, Ghost Rider, Wolvie, and Spidey. And I'm just seeing them all together. I'm like, why are they all together and standing like that? That's weird. <laughs> but when, you know, you end up reading the story, you go, oh, that makes perfect sense. But, but that, that was the Fear Itself tie, title from 2011, you're saying? Correct. Okay, then that would have been, of course, after the first time they were together. That was an was homage cover, I suppose. Uh-huh. And then one of the other things, you know, if I had to go to the big X event that when... I was starting out. The big one was Avengers versus X Men in twenty twenty or twenty twelve. Mm. And oh man, it's is it the perfect event? No, it's not perfect, but it does. It's one of those stories that makes you question things. Like some people feel one way about one thing, some people feel one way about another. I'm a I'm a proud member of the uh, Cyclops was right division. Oh, okay. So, you know, you've read that. I understand. Hmm. Well, you'll understand. I lean on the Cyclops side as well. Gail we Simone would be disappointed guy. in both of us. <laughs> that would be the right Twix now, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you say Twix? Twix, the candy. You know, got it? Come on. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking you were referencing that. I wasn't entirely sure. Yeah. I do that. Yeah, it's... Man, I just I love it because like, I'm having all these flashbacks now, especially talking about the burn stuff, like the even the covers and like you, you said that 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 Fantastic Four variant, like all these things, just because it's such a strong memory. And now I'm like I want to take this time <laughs> to go back through and read when I can. Should we wait for you to do that? Or oh, no. yes, um, I'm going to start with uh, X Men Volume Number Two Omnibus, the Roy Thomas Neil Adams stuff, and. We'll just uh, make this a 36-hour nonstop episode. Okay, I will, we'll hold. I'll get some incidental Wait. music, and we'll be fine. Perfect. <laughs> Not that kind. <laughs> and now I actually want to reread AVX, too, except I don't have the trade because the trade was ridiculously overpriced, so I never bought it. Mm. I know when the trade was released, by the way, it was, Shane, you might get a kick out of this, It was the foreword was written by your trainer, former Marvel writer, Cookie Monster Punk. I do recall this, yes. I do, and I never, I never read it. Like I said, I never bought the trade because I do remember its price point being outrageous. Mm. Uh, truly, truly outrageous. Yeah. Like Jim yeah, and the Holograms exactly. references. Yeah, think I well that done. Today, did you? Wow, I was going to go truly, madly, deeply Savage Garden, but Whoa, okay. Oh, Cherry Cola. Uh, and <laughs> the, the other song, but I, if I could find where the the back issues are, I would I would take a dip, a dip into AVX again. Mm. I know I have uh, I have the whole run digitally, but I have like almost every issue physical. I think I'm missing maybe two or three. But when by us a comic shop had a dollar box sale, they threw ev- almost everything in, but specifically like random variant covers. So I had like random variant covers. For AVX, yeah, oh, wow. Physically, on I have those issues. The the one I think I'm think I think well, I'm duh. hung up on is still not a duck. 
is the act the Avengers X Men Axis Revolution stuff some you know a little bit after that, but Axis. There's a lot of great stuff with the X titles, and going over to one of the other questions, you know, Amanda Bailey in the comments on Facebook on my page mentioned about ecstatics. Ecstatics. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is one of the most underrated series you will ever read. Absolutely. You want me to read the the whole thing there? She, she, She did go to a couple paragraphs on this, and I really appreciate that. Sure. Do you think there's any possibility of the group Ecstatics to come to the big screen and or TV? I have the comics, and they frequently interact with, slash mention, big Marvel characters. They started off in the X-Force as well. The character Dead Girl has five of her own comics where she assists Doctor Strange and others and visits Hell. I wonder if that could happen in the new DS movie, which could be a good way of introducing the group for the first time. Haven't seen anyone talk about this at all yet. And a nice smiley sideways face to go with that. Thank you, Amanda. Um, yeah, and I looked up. I have that run, of course, but I haven't read yet all twenty six issues of that ecstatics from what oh two to oh four, and then. And do you have the X Force issues where they, you know, with the prelude? Um, sure, I do. Yeah, I am because the final issues of X Force were the uh, Peter Milligan and Mike Allred joint that, quite frankly, is one of the best. Marvel series I've ever read in terms of, I guess, you know, regular ongoing. Absolutely. And I, I lucked out and managed to get the omnibus of it for like $40. That's a good price. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I It was amazing price that I, that I managed to scoop that up for. Yeah, actually, right. It was just a month before. I'm just looking up real quick. The um, X-Force title ended with, what, 129 was the issue, and it was August of 02, and the next statics picked up right after that. Funny story yeah. about that uh, X-Force Omnibus, or X-Static's Omnibus. Or X-Static. I'm just going to keep going to X-Static. Mm-hmm. Anyway, X-Static. that Omnibus. Oh, you should have heard me back in the day. used to go uh, H-double-P semicolon slash slash for a web URL, and <laughs> no one told me that I was saying it completely wrong. But one of the things was that X-Static Omnibus, the local comic shop by us was doing a... Uh, event for their grand reopening and the first 10 customers got a free Marvel Omnibus that was on the table. Yes. And I had one of two options because I was obsessed with X-Men. Do I go with that? X-Static? Or do I go with the first volume of the Jim Lee Chris Claremont Omnibus? Well, I own the first eight volumes of the black and white DC, or the Marvel Essentials. Wow, why'd they but those essentials of the X-Men, so the logical choice, because as you can tell, I'm watching a lot of Star Trek by saying the word logical, but the logical choice was go with the Jim Lee, Chris Claremont omnibus, and I did. And here and we I are. I kick myself every day because I do still want that ecstatic on <laughs> Yeah, and I think, I believe the ecstatic one, though, is something still in print. Yes. And I don't believe that X Men one is. I don't believe the X Men one you're talking about is in print. And that again, that's one of the problems with Marvel as well as especially DC, where hey, let's have random stuff be out of print. So in my case, I have the the very first X Men volume uh, with the original Kirby Lee stuff. That omnibus has been out of print for years. 
and it's like mm. a six seven hundred dollar book on eBay if you can find it. Jeez, that's, that's... as opposed to like the hundred dollar cover price. So yeah. I have this gap in my omnibus collection of like the first thirty issues that annoys me every time I look at it. See, that's something I can't comprehend is an omnibus collection. I, mm-hmm. I may have I may have two, and one at least one was a gift. So. Uh... Now, I will, I will take a picture of my omnibus collection and send it to you all. A picture? It sounds like you need several. <laughs> yes, actually. Is, I, I like omnibuses because of the fact of the price point it's at, you end up actually spending less for more. But when you yes. get to three or more, it's omnibuy, I think. Omnibuy, yeah. sure. Well, I mean, that was the, the bonus of the, the Ecstatics one is that you also get those New Mutants issues. You also get mm-hmm. the Dead Girl miniseries. Okay. Um. So it's there's plenty to offer there, and you know that I think there's plenty to go on on that if they were to ever introduce that as a as a, a cinematic concept or a Disney. I don't know, it might be a little too much for a Disney Plus. Mm. But I yeah, make it plus of, plus. On the topic of Omnibuy, I actually own four Omnibuy, and I've never paid more than thirty dollars for mine. So, oh, that's wow. yeah, that's that. that's cool. I actually have. It, it doesn't say it's an omnibus, but it's the AVX Companion. Yes. I own that Jim Lee one I mentioned. I own the entire Age of Apocalypse that I got for Christmas. Yeah. And I own also the AVX and the, uh, the next one, Star Wars from Marvel UK. Oh, wow. And both of those were Ollie's purchase. So Ollie's a discount store no if you're not less. sure about that, yeah. I paid no less than $30 for each of those. Very no less or no more? Uh, no, it was about $20 each. Well, you said no less, so I want to make sure we got the price correct here. Well, the price was right. <sighs> Come <But>. on down. <clears throat> that must be Rod Roddy. <laughs> Come on down. You're the Yeah, well... Well, in looking at but, these titles alphabetically, too, I was going to say, first of all, yes, why not Ecstatics? Thank you, Amanda. And, and this is, Amanda's probably the first one to bring this title, these characters up, so why not? I think uh, quite a while back, previous episode, we, we mentioned Exiles as being another possibility. But I also have, in my alphabetical listing of my, my main catalog, I just, for some reason, happen to have with me. It, yeah, the Xylophones. The Extreme X-Men, which had a 46-issue run, at around the same time in the early double O's. I just choose to pretend Claremont never did that. <laughs> Many people do. Okay. Had to bring I mean, it up. it's LaRocca art before he decided to photorealize everything <laughs> and got terrible. Uh, well. But it's, oh, that's painful. It was weird. Painful. It's I'd much rather see Statics than Extreme X-Men. One person that's like a figure in comics that he's a very hot button topic. I don't mind Greg Land for the most part. I understand the complaints and the grievances, but when you look at what Greg Land's art used to look like, oh, and I'll think, take Nightwing Greg Land over photorealized Greg Land any day. Uh-huh. I'm I'm the ex like I'm the complete opposite. Like I've tried to read that. Nightwing run, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, oh. Mm. Although it's great when you see like random things, like his version of the thing, which is just like a pile of rocks with a mouth. <laughs> no, 
Oh. On the other hand, you have 14-year-old Pixie looking like a porn star. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, eh, there's good and bad, I guess, to, to Greg Land style. <sighs> but, LaRo- I think LaRo- but in that vein, I think LaRocca does it much better. But on the topic of X-Men, by the way, I've been also, since everything's going on, I've been revisiting a lot of Marvel video games. And one of the things in part due to friend of the show, Panels to Pixels on YouTube, they, you know, I would see, like, some of the stuff, and, like, he would talk about, you know, canceled video games for, like, the PlayStation, which in turn made me want to play the old Capcom fighting games. And I just started playing Marvel versus Capcom 2 again for the first time in a long time. Looking through that roster, and almost every single Marvel character is an X-Men-related character. And, yeah. I knew that the, was yeah, the power was of the X-Men. Uh-huh. Wow. That's the end of that story. I mean, that's, it just, it's, that's a, considering we, that time frame where, you know, you're not going to get any X-Men aside from Wolverine in a game. I, I always find it funny. You had two different versions of Wolverine, and you could have two Wolverines on your team in that game. You could have Adamantium Claw Wolverine or Bone Claw Wolverine. Yes. Bone Claw. No nose. Perfect. <laughs> it was, it was such a cool, like, it's still a game that, in my opinion, holds up masterfully. And obviously, if you're a fan, definitely check out Marvel vs. Capcom 2 if you can even find like an arcade cabinet up. I guess that's something wonderful about, I guess, having some... There is an upside to the time that we have in our hands, or some of us may have in our hands right now, is that you can explore these things and go dig up these things and revisit these books we've been talking about and I guess fantasy book and ecstatics movie and go find this old video game. So, you know, there, there, there are, I guess, upsides and positives um, of turning a, I know uh, in re- an awful situation. Yeah, there's always going to be a silver lining. And yes. for us, one of the things we're planning on doing on the show, we haven't like entirely figured it out, but we want to do a book club for the show, bring that concept, you know, forward. And since Eddie's got an inordinate amount of catching up to do in his comic book life. I feel this is my assignment. It'd be like a perfect time to do that. And like right now, one of my things that I'm going through is again because of the possibility of what could lead into the very near future. I'm currently going through the Donny Cates uh, Venom stuff, and I think the idea of you know doing a book club on the show would be a fun idea and. If you've got any suggestions for storylines that you, the listeners at home, or Shane yourself on the line, that you think we would enjoy reading for the show, that you know we can easily get through a Marvel Unlimited or Eddie's gigantic comic book collection. You, you mean something besides me telling everyone on Earth repeatedly to read the Outback Saga? Yeah. All right, so something besides the Outback Saga is going to be tough. This. <laughs> <laughs> My go-to for everything because it was, a, and we'll talk. We'll have to talk about it in depth once you get through it. But it's just such a wonderful, like throwing chaos into the X-Men story for for a few years. Um, <laughs> hmm. I would go towards Mark Wade's Daredevil. That would be what I would throw out there. I actually own the first four volumes of that, and I own I want to say volume seven as well. Yeah, it was just and, it's such a like for anybody who read the 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 Bendis Brubaker 
Diggle run. It's it's such a drastic change from that that it took me a few issues to adjust to. But once I was in it, I was all about it. Mm. And from the the original arc to the jump to San Francisco, uh, it's it's just a really really good story, and the art's absolutely beautiful. So that would be my recommendation for anybody to read through the Mark Wade Daredevil run. I love that run specifically for the Chris Sandy art, and yeah. there's just something great about it. And you know, of course, it wouldn't be the last time that Wade and Sam 